Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we discuss all the films in the DC Cinematic Universe, one individual minute at a time. My name's Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Cake Boss Ralph from TV's Cake Boss program. And uh, could I plug something real quick? Do your thing, Go man. For it. Absolutely. Oh, man. My buddy, uh, my buddy Sean over at uh, Nerdy City uh, is kickstarting this tabletop game called uh, Rememorex. It's one of the coolest things I've ever played. It's like a 1980s suburban horror game where you play like, uh, you know, Stephen King style teenagers. And I am just so jazzed about this game. You guys should check out the Kickstarter for Rememorex. Rememorex. Mm-hmm. You should check yeah. it out. It's awesome. Rememorex. Yeah, I saw I'll see that if on, I can get you guys a copy of the other day. Yeah, oh, yeah. See if I can get it's, you guys a copy. Dude. That's awesome. I'll, 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 I'm going to play that all night. <laughs> um, that's awesome. <clears throat> sweet. Well, today we're going to uh, talk about minute number 107 of Man of Steel. And um, that minute's going to start out with uh, Lois Lane asking Cal that uh, cliffhanger question that we had. Uh, Won't you be weaker around the world engine? Mm -hmm. There you go. And it's going to end with uh, (laughs) Colonel Hardy piloting a big old plane. Yeah, just for a brief split second. Jack of all trades, that man. Yeah, always always, uh, piloting something. Or like on the front line, basically. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't... I don't know a lot about uh, military hierarchy, but how <laughs> common is it for the colonel to be the pilot? It's what I'm saying. He wasn't a pilot in that helicopter in Battle of Smallville. He's still Guardian, but, I mean, like, he's piloting, what was it, a C-17? Is that correct? Do I know military jargon? The helicopter? The big old plane that he's in. Oh, that was just a 130 or something. C-1- AC-130? Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, I thought call, he said 130 duty? in the last minute. I don't know what it was. You know, it's a big plane, and he's piloting. I know it. the. I know the. Well, we're not there yet, so I won't say. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll so, get there. Save um, it. <clears throat> yeah, get, yes. Uh, yeah. Won't yeah. you be weaker around the world engine? <laughs> More exposition about Superman being weaker around something or struggling with what he's about to face. You know, it's not going to be easy. You know. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's kind of just like one of those things that's just thrown in there where it's like, hey, you gonna? I gotta tell you what's gonna happen about you and fighting him. You're not just gonna be able to fly right through it. You gotta. You're gonna have to put up a fight, man. Yeah, it's that exposition through, like, ham-fisted questions. Exposition City. Is there a movie that could be made that's just completely exposition until, like, the final ten minutes of the movie where it's just a, a resolution? I think that's mostly anime. Uh, I'm pretty also, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. The Was it? The fourth one is entirely exposition. I saw that There's movie scene... one time. Ooh, it's rough, isn't it? <laughs> I saw it in theaters with my mother. She was like, I really want to go see it. And I was like, yeah, all right. (laughs) (laughs) So I have two buddies and I were all, we were giant nerds. We all LARP together and we all played pirates on this pirate crew. Hell yeah. And we were going back to this game for the first time in like a year. We hadn't been in a while and we made like all new stuff. And it was the same weekend that Pirates 4 came out. So the three of us went to this movie dressed as pirates on our way to play pirates and we walked out. That movie is terrible. It's exposition the whole way through. How far did you get until you walked out? Uh, we got, it, like, I wanted to leave a lot earlier. We got up to <laughs> almost the end when they're in that cave and uh, Blackbeard is like, I don't, 
Yeah, no, it's it's that's enough. That's great. As Our, pirates, did you go and play LARP after that, or were you just like completely done? Like, I can't. We're never doing this again, we, guys. We did, but it definitely it took some of the lead out of our pencils. Like we oh, we were. It's nah. upsetting. It's upsetting. Pirates Man of Steel though. was the first one. Yeah, I'm not gonna get yeah. into it. I wasn't. <laughs> Welcome back to yeah. Pirate Larping Minute. <laughs> Pirate Larping Minute. Yeah. So, <laughs> I thought it was weird that he told Lois to you know you may want to step back a little bit. This is like this. This will be like Hang on. the third time. I think you're gonna miss you missed you skipped over something. That's dude, like I thought that minute one oh seven was like a big part of this story and this Man of Steel story in general. Um Clark's Cal, his answer to Lois, um, you know, when what do you uh what is it? Won't you be weaker around it? And his answer has the classic maybe from Jonathan Kent in the beginning. But it's not just like Jonathan Kent's maybe where it was like a negative maybe. This is Clark kind of like using that same thought process, but turning it around as if what he was supposed to do, even when you go back to think about him saving the bus. Because he says, maybe, but I won't let that stop me from trying. And that's that just one afterthought of the maybe was mm-hmm. some. It, it, that, that was exactly what was missing from the first maybe from Jonathan Kent. You know what I mean? When we were talking about this, we had an episode that was all yeah, about that. Yeah, that would have made him seem less like a weird sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just like, Jonathan I thought King that... comes off really strangely in this movie, you guys. Like, he does. No, you're not the first person to say it. It's a completely different Jonathan Kent. Um, but I mean, like, that. yeah, that first maybe that he did, it was like, dude, should I have let them all die? Maybe. Oh, man. That shouldn't stop you from trying. I don't know. But, like, if he followed it up with, but that shouldn't have stopped you from trying... Then it would have been like, okay, you're Superman's dad. Instead yeah. of now that, you know, Cal's getting it, what, 20-something years later that he actually fi- figured out the correct answer to that. Yeah, but I well, thought that was yeah. great. It was jumping back to the, the very beginning. And um, doing this minute by minute was the first time I've ever realized that. No, that's a good one because, like, you don't want – just because there's a sh- there's a like a shadow of doubt – doesn't mean Superman should buckle because of it. So it's a good yeah. one. Absolutely. It's the correct answer to that so, Jonathan Kent line. I did miss that. It was a huge thing I missed. Maybe it was something that was supposed to be like harder hitting. Because um, I feel like that whole Jonathan Kent maybe was like one of the most controversial things about this movie. Doing this podcast, everybody that comes on says that Jonathan Kent is not Jonathan Kent. And it's like, yeah, I get it. And like maybe that this at this point we were supposed to get that correct answer from if he was supposed to save those kids or not. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a world that's never had a superhero. True. Well, actually, I'm wrong because there was one in World War One, and one that is laying low for 20 years in a big city. So yeah. Well, either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I like that take on it though. Mm-hmm. It's good. I thought it was a was a decent realization. I don't say a lot of smart things on this podcast, Mark, but hey, I you got one of them. I say a lot of smart things in general, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but that was a good call. Um, so, yeah, after that, then he's like, you know, he's about to take off. He's about to go fly and t- towards the Indian Ocean. And he kind of looks at Lois and he's like, y- you may want to step back a little bit, which is funny because it's just he's just being, you know, one last joke before he, you know, fights a world engine. But... 
this is not the first time he's just, <laughs> you know, yeah. taken off in front of someone. So why is it now that you're just saying this? Because he did it earlier while they were like holding each other. Yeah. He, you know, he dips that out of there. Yeah. And then he did it even after that with a bunch of military dudes. And he couldn't just walk like he he couldn't himself just move like all right I gotta walk away from you. Hey, take it easy. I'll see you. Do a do a Bruce Banner walk away and then jump. Yeah. Well. I mean, but he's the man and she's the woman, you know, so like <laughs> he tells her to take a step back. I'm being yeah. sarcastic, Internet. Um, <laughs> send me angry emails. I like I like the way he takes off. That's one thing I really do like about this minute. Like that takeoff is uh, it's very cool. It's it is very cool. The whole it's... thing is is cool because, you know, after he after he takes off. Then he's like breaking sound barriers as he flies away. Yeah, like and I remember, multiple times. I remember that that sound barrier breaking shot was like in the in the in the in the to ever come out. Yeah, like it ended with him doing that shot with him flying off and breaking oh, the sound barrier. And I remember my friend being like, "That's it. That one shot sold me. Just seeing Superman break the sound barrier while he's flying is 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 a beautiful shot." That that first trailer for this movie got me so interested because <laughs> it didn't look like a Superman movie, no. and I was really like, I was like, this isn't something that we've seen done before. Oh yeah, and I, I won't I won't lie that I, I was a little I was disappointed that it just that trailer felt like it promised something that we didn't really get. It it felt like it was going to be a lot more of like an exploration of the character than this movie wound up being but that's my opinion ah, that's good it's still valid i mean everything's valid yeah i think this movie was i mean i don't know i i i've had the realization doing this podcast that um i think this movie i don't really see it as much of a superman movie anymore as more of just like an alien first contact movie which is great and now that i think about going back and watching the trailers they were trying to bring about hey, this is a big Superman movie. And then when you get into it, it's like, you know, yeah. they say his name two times. The last trailer is very representational of what the actual film is. The very first, like, official trailer, not the teaser, because the teaser was cool, and that's the one we're talking about. But right after that, when they had their first, like, theatrical trailer, it was very Smallville. Everything oh, in the yeah. trailer was Jonathan Kent, Martha <clears throat> Kent, Clark Kent, him growing up, him with, like, Oh, I got superpowers right. in the middle of a classroom. And then the cape. Oh, and it was yeah. it was very like I guess it was running on the heels of like okay, Smallville's over, but people only know Smallville like the TV show. So like let's do a trailer that's like very Smallville esque, and that's everything it was. There was no Kryptonians, there was no spaceships, there was no alien stuff. It was yeah. just like you, him growing up, and it was like that's oh, very and- misleading. And it felt kind of like the Superman answer to Batman Begins in that regard, where you were getting a lot of, like, the more Mm -hmm. mundane, but, like, the character stuff, like, the real meat of, like, how did, you know, if we're going to go to the origins of this, then let's get into who this guy is and why this is happening. And I think some of that stuff wound up getting a little confused. Nate, that was a great observation, though. It is like, uh, it's like an old kind of 1950s sci-fi tale where, like, some, you know, visitor from the stars shows up. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, like a day the earth stood still kind of oh yeah in a lot of ways. I, I giant yeah i referenced uh, the day, day the earth stood still the other the other week and someone i think someone was like hey that was a good thing. i was like yeah psh, come on i'm not talking about ha pop my collar 
Um, yeah, or uh, I, me and Mark were just talking yesterday. Um, uh, Iron Giant. Like, that's, yeah, there's, like, Superman themes in that movie. But, like, that movie screams Superman. I just think about it. It's, like, alien from another world coming in and trying to make his way on our Earth and then ends up yeah, saving yeah, yeah. himself. So Yeah. Choosing not to be a weapon. Yeah, for real. Yeah. That was, it's really, it's great. There's a lot of, now that I'm, like, thinking about it and doing this podcast and stuff, there's so many more uh, things and other stories that can be related to Superman, and I don't know if it's just Superman in general, or if now I'm just thinking of Superman being an alien on Earth story. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll get there. Oh, dude, you guys, this minute has the thing that I consistently like about this movie. Which is? Michael Shannon. Oh, yeah. General Absolutely. Zod. That's good. I'm, I'm glad you're a Michael Shannon fan. Michael Shannon fan. He's, yeah, I'm a Michael Fannon. My, yeah, that's a better one. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, man, I just, I like him in this. It's so easy to like the villains in movies more than the leading man. Leading man is a hard job. You have to, like, you know, just the, the leads in the movie, you have to carry the movie. You have to make people care about what's going on. When you're the villain, you can kind of just have fun. And he's one of the people who looks like he's having a good time making this movie. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, him and Feora as a team. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, they're one of the coolest duos ever. They look cool. Even, like, not only the actors and actresses, they look, like, you know, cool, but, like, the armor they're wearing is cool. They're just, just cool people. I enjoy everything about them. Every time they're on screen, it's like, all right, I could watch another 30 minutes of you guys. You guys could win the movie. Like, they could win, and I'd be like, that was cool. I'd see Hell it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Zod in this feels almost like a Star Trek villain, but a good Star Trek villain. Like a Star Trek and Bond villain combined. That's I, I get Bond. I don't know. Maybe it was just from his message, uh, that anonymous message. That was very Bond villain-like. Hmm. Oh, in the beginning of the movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. That is a Bond villain move. (laughs) It's just great. I really like it. And also, his plan is pretty Bond villain, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to make the whole world the kind of world I want, which is essentially what they all boil down to. Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't think it was until more recently that I actually started getting really heavily into caring about General Zod, and I, th- I think it was, I, I assume that it was probably from this movie, just because I, you know, somewhere in the back of my mind, I just really liked Michael Shannon, I was like, oh, that was really cool, but I do remember when, like, you know, New 52 was out, and then they had that um, Superman Wonder Woman story, I think Zod was the first villain that, mm-hmm. like, came out of the Phantom Zone or whatever, he was fucking awesome in that, and I was like, yeah, give me more of that. And then they released him in Injustice, and he was just real dirty. Oh, it was good. Um, Feora also feels like uh, a Bond villain. I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I I was just going to talk about more comic book crap. Go ahead. (laughs) No, 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 it's just I I, I haven't uh, haven't been – I haven't read a DC comic since – uh, Batman started doing Quantum Leap like <laughs> almost ten years ago now. It's a long time ago. Yeah, it, it that was nineteen. It, it still feels no. recent to me. Two thousand seven. It was two thousand seven. Yeah, ten years ago. You've just, you've just got that. Batman died in two thousand seven. Yeah, just in there. Yeah, he's got it. It's there. <laughs> but yeah, hey man, 
comics are uh, they're either here or they're either there, but uh, they're always gonna be there. <laughs> they're it, yeah. they 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 go in waves. Comics like that's true. Sometimes they're interesting. Sometimes they're not. You know, it's like the whole thing is, in general is like. I think now is a good time for DC Comics. Now oh, is yeah. not a good time for Marvel it. Comics. It just it fluctuates, you know. And here's the thing: like they're always dumb. They're always dumb. <laughs> but when you're like the times when you're really into it, you forgive the dumbness. Mm-hmm. And the times when you're not paying attention to it, you're just like, "What, Doctor Octopus is what? <laughs> the Joker took his what off? Like you don't? <laughs> it just sounds really stupid." Yeah. And then when you're reading it, you're like, "Oh my god, this makes so much sense. I'm so in it." It's very true. It's very true. <laughs> That's a common line amongst comic book readers. Yeah. Uh, oh my god it's, it's all like coming together now it's like a puzzle and it's like you just had to read like five issues back of, to back of course the joker would cut his face off and then wear it belted <laughs> to his face duh it's so he's that crazy <laughs> it's true oh god it's that's very a, true that's awesome um but yeah i was just saying that man, uh, even uh kind of looks like a, a a bond side villain you know every bond villain has like this side it's the bangs it's the evil chick it's the bangs it's like this like the the sexy uh side evil chick i just feel like that's a bond thing to have there's always one of those james bond always has to fight some evil girl that's like yeah. attractive right isn't that it's a bond thing it's a bond thing yeah i just realized i some, like the oh, uh, no, go ahead I like that uh, that bangs are unisex on Krypton. Like if you're uh, if you're an army bad guy, you've got bangs. Yeah, they all have to have it. It was weird though. I was. It's very progressive. I was just thinking, Feora has bangs sometimes, and then when there was the flashback after they got she out of the, she had it was like a pompadour LaRue haircut. Larue pompadour. I don't know. LaRue, LaRue. that singer had that haircut. <laughs> yeah. So like. Was is that like the equivalent of hang on, let me tie my hair up so it gets off my back of my neck, or like hang on, let me get my bangs off that's, my forehead? That's to let you know that time has passed. <laughs> bangs aren't in style anymore, but hey, when we get back on Earth, now they're on in style because all these Earthlings have yeah, bangs. Yeah. We are missing out centuries ahead of them. Yeah, <laughs> I could just see that too with them like heading close to Earth and just Pharaoh coming to like Zod. I'm thinking of bangs. I was like, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that's so good. Make that a thing. Get out of my head. <laughs> so, uh, you know, one thing that we see right before Zod kind of starts talking to Feora is we see the Black Zero in action over Metropolis. Oh, Jesus, yeah. And, uh, you know, doing it minute by minute, we've started noticing uh, people being affected by this Black Zero gravity thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. in this shot that we get, it's picking up cars, it's picking up debris. And it's also picking up screaming people. Seven screaming people. Oh, you counted. I counted. That's even worse that you counted. Yeah, there are, there are definitely dudes just being tossed through the air like like Rocket Raccoon was down there in the forest. And it's just like, like uh, did you guys see Guardians 2? No. <laughs> ah. I'll remember this, though. I got this. I got it unlocked. Rocket does the same thing to a bunch of Ravagers in that movie, but it's played for laughs, and it's also accompanied by a blue light shooting up into the sky, and it's now having seen that makes this scene a little fun. So how high do you think they go up in Guardians when Rocket does it? I, was... I don't know. They're, they're over the tree line because you see, like, a forest, and then you just see guys popping up into the sky over the trees everywhere. Okay. 
That's it could be comparable. This I don't know. Maybe it's just from this know. angle in this. This, this seems is, like it's just a, this is a little bit hundreds, taller. thousands of feet. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just, those people are dead in this movie. Like dead, dead flying people. There's always yeah. Like I this, don't think they're dead while in the while they're in the air. <laughs> they're screaming. Like you can hear the scream like for like a split second in in this minute. You can hear them screaming. That's why I needed to pause it. I was like, that's people. Those are people. I paused it and I wanted to see how many there were. The first thing like that you see come up is a person and it just like goes out of focus just because it goes right to the thing. But man, that's like... I don't know. I remember it being a, a big thing and we'll get into it later in the, in the minutes. But um, It's like being on that stupid Bush Gardens ride where they tower drop you. That's what it's got to be like. Like tower tower. Hey, you don't like that one? You don't you don't like those. I don't do that's a good I, one. I don't do those. I don't do those like Tower of Terror type things. Doctor Doom. We went on Tower of Terror. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> At least you're in a building. But no, no thanks. I'm into that, but I mean, like, uh, I'm re- I'm restrained. I'm not going to go next to the world engine and just like get sucked up into a gravity field and then have a car crush me. Like I said, last Dude, week, Nate. Yeah, I I gotta tell you, man. That's good decision making. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of your friends are gonna pressure you to go near the world engine and get sucked into the air with cars. Don't do. I know. I mean, you're a young man with a with a bright future ahead of you. You've got any number of DC movies still to break down one minute at a time. It's very true. Don't throw it away. I'm gonna take this advice. I'm gonna get it tattooed on my back, and uh, that's it. <laughs> and then people will be like, Nate, what's this say on your back? Be like, what? It's really long. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you know, it's a long quote. That's Ralph. He's he's he, he's got me. He gave me he gave me my life plan. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so General Zod uh, orders Feyor to take command of the the Black Zero event that's going on. You know, it was, you know, take command of this. I have to go check on the Genesis chambers and also pay respects to an old friend. And on the screen is a Liquid Geo computer screen showing the scout ship that we saw way earlier in the film. Uh, so, but I don't think most people can catch that because it's black on black on blackness. On black. It's very hard to pick out. You can't really tell which alien ship is which at this point, so I don't know. Did we ever get the deciphering code to read Kryptonian? I don't have time for that. <laughs> Someone else will do that. <laughs> Yeah, someone else has already done it. Yeah, you would think, but I haven't found it. I thought someone would do all the work Shut for up. me. Did you look on the internet? I, I checked that internet. You know, maybe I got checked the other one, but I checked that one for sure. Somebody said that we could talk to the lady that was like in charge yeah. of doing it, but I, sh- you know. I should probably get her. But at this point, who like, are we? We're just some kids sitting on a couch talking about Superman. Also, I, I'll, I'll tell you. There's a good chance that she just wrote like butts and boobs and dicks over and over again because you talk to anybody. I'm serious. You talk to anybody in like the special effects industry and they hide butts and boobs and dicks everywhere. I had uh, I went to school for special effects makeup years ago and my one of my teachers, this guy, uh, Jerry Gurgley, he was the head of uh, the special effects department on a bunch of episodes of Battlestar Galactica and he pulled out this you know, Tupperware bin of like facial appliances and prosthetics and stuff from that show. And he was like, see this, these guys, all their heads are butts. <laughs> these guys, they all have dicks for noses. This is like the underside of where the balls meet the dick. <laughs> That's this. And he just went through one at a time. And all of the aliens on that show, they just hide butts and dicks on everything. 
that's fantastic. I rethink my life. <laughs> what a what a but career. Like, anytime when anytime you're watching one of those shows and like you you chuckle a little bit to yourself and you're like, huh, it kind of looks like a butt. You think you're being immature. I promise you that was the intention. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's awesome. uh, but no, this <laughs> this language was created by a linguist, and apparently it's like just the same phrases thrown over and over again, I think. So butts, dicks, and boobs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. It's probably like <laughs> beware of Bertrand's curse and stuff like that. It's over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, it's just the lyrics to Baby Gub. Oh, that'd be better. <laughs> that needs to be preserved in a film. <laughs> We can't forget about that one. Sir Mix-a-Lot worked very hard for that one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah, so he orders Feyre to take command of the ship, and I think that's where it ends, because then we get the shot of Colonel Hardy about to take the AC-130 out um, off the runway, and that's that's where the minute ends. So. I think it's a C-17. Sure. Okay, I'll just let you have it. <laughs> um, but that's all I had for this minute. <laughs> Um, I'm good. Um, yeah, Colonel Hardy just like jack of all trades. He just knows how to do literally everything. Ramirez, do everything. Yeah, that's cool. exactly who he is. <laughs> all righty. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. And uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, don't forget to check us out on iTunes. Leave us a great review. Nathan also does another minute-by-minute minute podcast. If you want to check that out, it's Tarantino Minute. They're currently covering Reservoir Dogs. And don't forget to check out Cake Boss with Ralph over here. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.